It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Your host, Charlie Potter, here on WGN Radio. Thank you so much for being with me. I hope you enjoy the show as we have officially rolled into March. The uh, big news for me this week in the Great Outdoors is the Supreme Court and the Environmental Protection Agency, and this is going to be a story that works its way out over the next four or five months. We'll know much more. But depending on how you viewed it, it was either seen as an absolute assault on the Environmental Protection Agency and their ability ability to put out edicts across the country on clean water, clean air, etc. Or you viewed it as an attempt to rein in the Environmental Protection Agency from imposing regulations that were not intended by Congress. And my objective in the Great Outdoors show is never to take sides, but rather to offer a balanced perspective. I, I, I don't try to take sides unless I think something is really, really off kilter. And, and when it is, I certainly let you know. But in this case, <clears throat> I think it's an opportunity to recalibrate what the Environmental Protection Agency was originally intended to do. And yes, things certainly evolved, but when the EPA was created under the Nixon administration, uh, it had a pretty narrow focus, and it had to be pretty much authorized by Congress as to what it could do. Then, as happens in government, it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. It's enormous today. And it is staffed with thousands of individuals who are pretty much running unfettered in their ability to impose regulations. And the head of the EPA um, has from time to time really gone out there as far as to impose restrictive regulations on landowners. Uh, companies. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's not what Congress intended. And I think that what the Supreme Court now is doing, or as the Wall Street Journal headline said, is cleanup duty time at the U.S. Supreme Court as they are going to take up the decision about the EPA's ability to revive the Obama administration clean power plan. I think what we're seeing is maybe a bit of a resetting of the clock. And and just to speak about this for a moment from the point of view of how difficult the EPA has been when it comes to landowners, particularly farmers and agricultural interests to operate, is that Congress is ultimately the governing authority for the EPA. And yet, Congress did not write these regulations that the EPA is trying to enforce. 
And while well-intentioned, we all want clean air, we all want clean water, the EPA has so hamstrung American industry that it has gone beyond the intent of what its authorization stands for. And so the Supreme Court has the opportunity, and we'll know in June, I believe, as to whether or not the EPA is going to really be rolled back. I'm sure there's some people listening this morning who are standing up and applauding, and there are others of you who are not excited about the authority of the Environmental Protection Agency being rolled back. I would offer that pendulum swing, and they swung too far, and that the Environmental Protection Agency is not acting under the direction of Congress, but rather is acting freely as it pleases and has imposed enormous costs on conservation. Yes, that's right, conservation interests as well as agricultural interests. And let me just talk for just a moment about some of the things that to me seem so so difficult to comprehend. Uh, you're the Nature Conservancy. You're Ducks Unlimited. You're going to do good for the world. In the case of Ducks Unlimited, their whole job is to restore wetlands and to help clean up our waterways and to help improve bird populations and to create habitat. The permitting process that Ducks Unlimited has to go through, or any other conservation organization, to recreate habitat or to improve habitat is so onerous and takes so long and costs so much money, the engineering costs of a wetland restoration project can run as high as 50 to 60% in some cases of the actual costs of doing a project. This was never intended to be this way. We need to empower our conservation organizations to be able to do good work without having all these hurdles thrown at them that, that have been thrown up not only by the EPA, but by the Corps of Engineers and the 401 permits or the permits you need to, to do work in wetlands. It was never intended this way. And we, as not only taxpayers, but also those of us who give of our time and treasure to conservation organizations so they can do good work, we're the ones who are penalized and have to pay extra. Uh, I was recently in South Carolina, and I looked at uh, a whole series of levees that had been built into the marsh pre-U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Actually, they go back to the some of them the late 1800s or even earlier, and they have created lots of great habitat. And on the other side of the levees, you have marsh that is stagnant, unmanageable, and today the entities trying to improve the South Carolina coastal marshes are often blocked by the EPA and the Corps of Engineers because it takes forever to get the permits or the permits are simply out of the scope of anything they'll consider. And again, coming back to what I said a moment ago, I don't think Congress ever intended this, yet it's going to be now in the hands of the U.S. Supreme Court. And if I were a betting person, which I'm not, but if I were to offer my thoughts, I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to Tell the EPA it is operating way out of bounds that the Obama Clean Obama Administration Clean Power Plan uh, is is not 
going to go forward, and that the EPA does not unilaterally have the right to regulate carbon emissions on its own, um, and that the EPA needs to have a much narrower focus. And if the Supreme Court does this, then the opportunity exists for Congress, if it could ever get its act together, to determine what it really wants the Environmental Protection Agency to do and to give the EPA direction, something it hasn't had for far too long. So that's my thought on the EPA. I'll be back in just a moment with much more on the Great Outdoors Show. When I do, I'm going to talk about sports shows. Yes, something out of the past. If we dust off our memories, we'll remember that sports shows used to be a big deal. And then COVID struck. Listen to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and thank you for being with me. And if you're just joining me, we're going to talk about sports shows, the species that was almost extinct, but which is trying to make a revival here as hopefully we put COVID into the rearview mirror. Many of you listening will remember the fabulous sports shows around the Midwest and the Chicago area going all the way back to the International Amphitheater, and then the shows that were at Rosemont, the uh, incredible outdoor hunting, fishing, camping show. And then, of course, the the largest in the Midwest, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show, which many of you went to for for years. Uh, And then it was brought to an end because of COVID, and now they're going to have it again in Milwaukee uh, next week. And it made me think maybe it's time just to revisit what we've known about the sports show industry and so many of us who love the outdoors. And and, and frankly, it's always been the arrival of spring. The chance to go to a sports show has brought about energy to get outdoors in the summer. And in the case of Milwaukee, it was just such a powerhouse. And then it it actually before COVID hit, it had been. It had been faced some difficulties because of the Internet and things that were happening. But they're going to try to have it again next week. And I think about what these things used to be. They were a convention for the public. Everyone was invited. If you remember going to the show at Rosemont or you remember going to the show in Milwaukee, 
tens of thousands of people packed into a convention center. And you had every exhibitor from all corners of, of the continent there. You had guides from Alaska. You had guides from Florida. You had lodges from Wisconsin. You had outfitters from the West. You had boat dealers. The newest in boats were always there. You had dog trainers. They had hunting equipment. It was a, a true experience. The, the kid in the candy store uh, experience. And, and often Chevrolet had the newest, the newest vehicles that were going to be online for, uh, for people who love to hunt and fish and go outdoors. And I mentioned Chevrolet, not because they're a sponsor of the Great Outdoors Show, but because they were the sponsor of so many sports shows, particularly the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show. And they helped, frankly, bring about a lot of what we see in today's outdoor equipment when it comes to vehicles. But it is, that's all unfortunately gone. If you are a lodge owner now and you're sitting up in Canada, uh, you are connected to anybody you want to be connected with. Anybody can find you. It's not difficult. You go online, fishing lodges in Ontario, and hundreds pop up. And you can FaceTime and you can communicate and go back and forth. So why does that lodge owner need to pack up, get in their vehicle and go to Chicago and go to Milwaukee and Kansas City and Des Moines and Minneapolis? That used to be the only way they saw their customers. Now they see their customers in real time on the Internet. The same is true, you know, think about all the boat dealers. If you used to go to sports shows, you saw the newest in boats. You can do a lot of that online now. You can build your own boat online. If you were going to go to Minnesota to go fishing this summer, you had to go to a sports show and get on the individual's calendar. And you wanted to go to a sports show to meet the individual that you were going to be spending a week with or four or five days, whatever the time might be. You wanted to know who, who was going to be your guide. The only way to do that was a sports show. And that's, that's all gone. In the fishing tackle world, those of you who remember Rosemont and the, just the, literally, it seemed like miles of fishing tackle. It wasn't. But it seemed like miles of fishing tackle. And Milwaukee was just incredible for what it had in the fishing tackle world. Well, a lot of those independents are gone. Chicago, we're still lucky to have Henry's, which is, which is such a fantastic local resource. And I know the folks at Henry's listen from the, sh the show from time to time. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, Henry's represents what, what the world used to be, your local retailer who could not only knew you, but knew what you needed to fish in certain areas. They, they're, they were a consultant. They are a consultant. But the other ones are almost all gone. Glenn Shirley's gone. So it's... It's no longer the same. Nothing in the world is the same. But I think we've lost a little bit of America. In fact, I think we've lost in the outdoor world, I think we've lost a lot of America with the demise of the sports shows. And you had Dan Basor in the Historic Fishing Museum, and, and he traveled far and wide. He went, to, went all over the continent with his, with his historical fishing museum. And it was, a, it was a mainstay in Milwaukee. No longer. So. The ability to, 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 to circle a date on the calendar, and these shows used to be for 10 days, 
10 days, these convention centers just were full of everyone who loved to hunt and fish and boat in the outdoors. And then a few years ago, well, actually, maybe a little more than a few years ago, but certainly 15 years ago, they most of them shifted from from 10 days to six days or five days because the world was getting faster and faster and there was no need to be there for 10 days. And then before COVID struck, a lot of people were asking, is there even a reason to have a sports show? And I would offer having loved them and been around them and known so many people in that industry for so long. The sports shows were an engine for the outdoor industry. They kicked off spring. When the sports show came to town, it was time to start thinking to spring and summer. We don't have that anymore. And we also don't have that convention where we all were invited. Didn't matter who you were, you could go. And, and that is, uh, I think that's just part, part, of, part of the passing of an era. They're going to have the sports show in Milwaukee. It's, it's a fraction of what it used to be. I, I certainly wish them well, but it's no longer a reason to circle your calendar and you can't wait to go. And in the case of Milwaukee, it goes back, well, it's one of the earliest shows, over 60 years. So there are now you know, three generations of people who went to that show. And COVID, COVID ended that. I don't know if it can be rekindled. I, I kind of doubt it. And, and it goes back to also that we're just not as gregarious as we once were. We now can do these things at home on the computer instead of standing in line and talking to other people fishing and about fishing and where you went or your families. And these sports shows were so, were so important to building families in the outdoors. Because it's families, after all, the next generation that'll keep this going. So I, for one, miss the old sports shows. Some of you may, some of you may. Maybe we're, we're glad they're gone. But I think overall, they did the outdoor industry an awful lot of good. And, and they, did, they did us, I think, an awful lot because they got us looking forward to the coming days when the days are longer and we can get outdoors and we can do things that we so look forward to. So sports shows of the past are definitely gone. The post-COVID sports shows, we'll see what they look like. I hope they do well. The industry needs it. And frankly, we do as well. It's good to spend time in convention centers with people of a like mind. I'll be back next week with much more on the great outdoors. And when I do, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on with some of these climate predictions uh, and where India and China are in this whole mix. Not going to be controversial, but just a little bit of information and much more on the great outdoors. Thanks so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.